Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very last episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Regular Radio Free Professional Wrestling for 2021. Yes, I am the patron saint of stunning. Your gift that keeps on giving. And I'm along with the reigning defending undisputed Churchill Cup champion. The person I went in touch with a 39 and a half foot pole, David the Smart Mark. How you doing, David? Oh, that's a delightful intro. Thank you for that. Oh, remind me not to step on your sprouts next week. Heaven's sake. I can't believe I didn't deserve that? What's going on? Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening. Bienvenue. Welcome. Come and see in. Is it the last show of 2020? Well, we are doing two special episodes in the next two weeks because one week from today is Christmas and we're giving away the Wisden 2022 to the people as our gift. So we're going to look back on the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2021. Mostly me not winning the Churchill Cup. Well, I mean, considering your maths is appalling, um, unlike mine, which is 90% correct. Bear in mind I'm married to an account. And, you know, I, I don't know where we're going. And anyway, before we get on with the show this week, I've got to ask you. I don't know whether fame is going to your head or what, but I've seen your social media of this. What's this with you caressing red baubles? What are you talking about? Haven't I seen a picture of you or someone who looks a little bit like you caressing a, red, a Christmas bauble? Okay, on my personal Facebook page, <laughs> former co-worker of mine photoshopped a elf version of me holding a Christmas ornament, so... So that's what David the Smart Mart is talking about. So yeah, that was kind of funny. Ha ha ho ho hee hee. I thought it was the real one. I thought the bauble had been photoshopped. You're so funny. But never mind. Anyway, on we go. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. It's Sean at his finest. You can see why his nickname's stunning from that picture. Well done, Donnie. Let's go ahead and slide into the stunning six questions because there has been a few things that happened this week in professional wrestling. Just a few. Yeah, quiet week. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, Mr. Smart Mark, we're starting off with stunning question number one. And we're going back one week from actually today. We're talking about Reina Honor Final Final Battle. And what do you see as the future of Reina Honor after Final Battle? Personally, it looks like EC3 has a new faction building and I don't know where we're going to go. We're getting FTR versus the Bristles and AEW. And it looks like we got Roxy versus Diana Perazzo going to Impact. Yeah, I think you've answered your own question, mate, to be fair. I can't see them. Final Final Battle was quite a nice send-off. It almost, considering all the protestations within the inner realms of Ring of Honor, that no, 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 we'll be back April, we'll be back April. I think it's, isn't it Super Card of Honor there? They're planning on coming back, if at all they do. It's going to be very difficult for them because they can't expect the Briscoes in theory to keep the titles same with Roxy the same, you know whatever they I mean I, I it's a shame because that EC3 faction with EC3 and the former Braun Strowman Adam Scher looks really good looked really really good also you had Wesley Blake Wesley Blake in there Sean didn't you? Yes it was a former Wesley Blake and honestly when I was watching Final Battle I was thinking they were going to have like Eli Isom and oh. the Mecca put as a space faction facing EC3 maybe but i don't know where we go now no no exactly i mean in 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 the in the respect that things are in the air making you making people like us question this and and ask this very question 
I suppose it's a good thing. It's just that deep down we know the very earliest they're returning is in April. And we both know, Sean, four and a bit months in wrestling terms is a long, long while. Exactly. It's like a lifetime. And you don't know if you can actually keep all the people you build these storylines with. Because Final Final Battle, yeah. it looked like they were having two shows here. For the yeah. like the long-term ROH wrestlers, it was like the swan song saying, like, this is the end of the era. Then you had the people who were sticking on with um, St. Clair going like, hey, this is Final Bell, yes, but we'll be back in March. We'll be back in March. Look at this new stuff we're doing. And they had some new stuff. And I'm going like, you know you're going to take a four-month break. Why are you bringing out all this new stuff? Yeah. Now, uh, there's a question for you. Am I right in seeing that Josh Woods um, debuted on Imp- on, Aid- on Dark or one of the Dark franchises since Final Final Bell? You got me at it now. Well, I do believe he was on that. And... I've seen Josh Grissom on New Japan USA Strong Style. So he's over there with his Ring of Honor world title as he's bringing the purified world title over that way. And it looks like he's trying to battle like Gabriel Kidd and he's trying to question why the people in New Japan for wrestling won't give him Will Ospreay and Jeff Cobb and those Yelp. Because he knows he can beat them. Yeah, but I mean, Gresham in fairness has also had a relationship with um, New Japan, hasn't he? He's performed regularly for, for New Japan, so you can almost see that making sense. But with taking the title over there, it's very difficult for him to keep the belt for three months to go into, you know, in answer to your question. To, because surely, if they, if they are going to return, and it's a very, very big if, they're going to want to have someone like Gresham as the world champion, which is, a, you know, a good final pick. Obviously, it wasn't going to be lethal. It made that, uh, but it was still a good match to watch. I really, really don't know. I, I, I actually just want them to die, if I'm honest. Now, I've said my goodbye. I've mourned the company. I've got my DVDs. Um, I've ordered a load on this. I'll be honest, I've been a tight git and ordered a load on their website sale. But I also feel that, you know, you're putting something back and I'm quite happy to leave it at that. But obviously, we shall see. Okay, so... We're going to slide over to stunning question number two. The world title picture on Raw seems to be very messy booking here. Because if you watched Monday Night Raw this past week, you saw people in different positions where you think they should have been, like, say, heel face. Because you have this Buncer heel, Bobby Lashley. But really, he's the baby face because he's facing three people in the same night to get a chance to wrestle for the world title. And David, how do you make your world champion look strong? Oh, you let the challenger beat him before the actual match and how you make the other two competitors look strong you have them be beaten by Bobby Lashley three weeks away from the pay-per-view what the world's going on well you've answered your own question again really I mentioned this in reference to last week's Raw when it changed from Big E when the day one um, title match now I actually gave WWE some credit this week because I thought that the bill for day one well I was looking at you know marginally interested me and then they've gone and made it a fatal four way which okay alright yeah you want to get the you know they've got some names they want to get in and now after monday night i've lost interest again sure genuinely lost interest again you've answered your own question it's yet again another example of not being that being able to book properly not being able to get people over, heels being faces, faces being heels. But more importantly, Sean, no one gives a crap. Look at the audience in, the, in you know, I'm, I don't know what you're coming on to this, but look at the audience in that 18,000 arena, no more than 5,000 people. People don't care anymore, mate, of, of WWE. They really, really don't. And it's getting to that point. Way WrestleMania tickets. That's all we need to know. Well, that's what happens when you book a 100,000-seat football stadium for your biggest show, not for one night. 
night, but for two nights. So, yes, you're going to pay for that thing like no other thing on the planet. Yep. Okay, so standing question number three, we're going to go over to AEW because they had their winter is coming. So, winter has come now, finally. And where <laughs> would you rank the world title match of Brian Danielson versus Heyman Adam Page? Is it inside your top 10? Of all time? Of this year? I don't think all time. Oh, oh, yeah, easily inside the top 10, easily. I watched it live. And I like the fact they opened with it, right? This is a, this is a gradual process. Bear with me, listeners. Within the first two or three minutes, I actually said to myself, time limit drop, because of the pace that they were going and the way they started off. I instantly said, right, that's how they're getting out of it, time limit drop. Um, so therefore, I almost disengaged from the first half hour and then got involved in the last half hour. So on Thursday evening... I watched it again. Tried to put my prejudices to one side and enjoyed it more. Then again, I watched it for a third time yesterday and really, really enjoyed it. It is easily in my top 10. The more I watched it, the more I realized how good Danielson was in this and how clever it was. Because you think about it, Danielson had probably minimum 60% of the offense. He looked the stronger wrestler. However, at the end of it, who looked like he was going to win and was robbed by the bell? Hangman Adam Page and his first title defense. So overall, at the end of it, he looked the stronger. So what I think that they do now, they obviously, whenever they decide that these two meet up again, they've got to turn around and say, whatever happens, whatever time limit, be it no time limit, be it this, that or the other, there will be a winner, which obviously then you won't, because obviously the crowd initially booed. But it was a good booing because they wanted, they were frustrated. They wanted to see a result because it was so good. Is it in my top 10 of the year? Yes, easily. Absolutely easily. Is it my match of the year? Will it be my match of the year next week? No, no, it won't. But it was pretty damn up there. Um, Danielson is just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful at the moment. And... I couldn't say anything other. This match is inside my top 10 of the year. It's not my match of the year. I'll go ahead and tell you this right now. It is not. And personally, I wish this match was like 15 minutes shorter. Just for the simple fact that we had another match that night. Serenity versus Sheeta. That really suffered from the fact that the first match went a freaking hour. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I saw someone moan on social media that it opened the card. I thought that was quite clever, actually. Um... But no, I've got no problem with anything they did on Dynamite on uh, Wednesday night. I thought it was a really decent show. The Wardlow match was just a squash to push further dissension with um, in the MJF camp for the eventual Wardlow turn. It's easily in my top 10 to answer your question. Probably in my top five, I would say. Well, I don't know if this match is in my top five. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. I'm trying to find the feed without the commercials because here in the States, they did have commercials. They went into Pitcher and Pitcher, but they did it kind of good this time with Pitcher and Pitcher because I think they were feeding Danielson, hey, we're going to a commercial, and Danielson just slid in there and slowed it down. He was still doing enough action for the fans at the arena, but he wasn't giving away the big stuff until they got back to TV. We never got any other. Here in the UK, I'll watch it on Fight TV. Um, 
I, I subscribe to AW Plus and watch it on Fight TV. In the actual um, World Championship match, they only ever went to picture-in-picture, picture, which is fine for, for us. And then we got adverts in the second hour. We got breaks in the second hour. Oh, you lovely, lovely people watching on Fight TV. I should have done that. Yeah, but I have to pay for it, mate. Okay, standing question number four. Who would you like to see come to AEW from ROH? Because on the show from AEW... We had a vignette or Malachi Black, and it looks like a certain former king is coming to join the House of Black, <laughs> as in Brody King. So who else from ROH what? should make the jump? Well, obviously, you mentioned it earlier. It looks like the Briscoes have already signed. In fact, we were we were having a little bit of Facebook rumor rumor milling earlier before making this recording, and it looks like um it looks like the Briscoes are coming, which is a great signing for them based on their experience. And it'd be interesting to see how the Briscoes do on the big stage. I'm really looking forward to that. But I don't think it'll face them. They are what they are. They ain't going to change now. Um, and, you know, they're a great addition. The crowd will know them. The crowd will get involved with them. They can be either heel or face and get over. Now, obviously, with Lethal being over there, I personally um, would like to see Joe Hendry go over to AEW. I would like to see Dan Housen, but that's personal bias because I absolutely love Dan Housen. Um, and I would also like to see Jonathan Gresham go over there. EC3, I don't know. EC3 is too like MJF for me. And is there room for two of them? Don't know what your thoughts are on that, mate. Well, with EC3, I'm just worrying, would he want to go to AEW? Because I feel like he's enjoying the fact that he can go wherever he wants and pop up here and there. Yeah, but he can do that in AEW. Tony Lane. I see EC3 back on a bigger stage, no offense Ring of Honor, but I don't see him going back to Impact because he's already been down that road and he buried the quote-unquote DC Carter's nephew character the last time he was in in impact so now he's this new essential character three and i feel like he won't go back to impact yeah yeah no i i, I think he's too good for impact there's no two two ways about it he's too big a name or starter um um as i say the, the, the main concern i have with him is, is he's very similar in in promo and attitude to it to mjf and it's just is the room for two of them because mjf's killing it at the moment honestly david i love to see a match between the two i feel like ec3 could hold his own against mjf oh yeah yeah no doubt no doubt no doubt no doubt i'm not questioning um but it's just it's just i don't want them to get too stony do you know what i mean and then who's the do you just have a heel heel dynamic because the way mjf is at the moment he could easily sort of like turn if you like i hate the expression but he could almost turn tweener the response he got in his hometown of long island i'm sure they could work something i don't know uh, but that that's 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 my gut feeling that at the moment with mj I, I don't think ec3 would fit AEW. maybe send him to new japan he'd be ideal in new japan he could upset the you know the japanese oh that'd be so much fun that would be interesting i want to see him do that now ec3 if you listen to this podcast new japan for wrestling which you are it's bound to be. It's bound to be. Standing question number five. Back on SmackDown, my question for you is, whose side is Paul Heyman really on? Because if you watched last night's SmackDown, he kind of got kicked to the curb from the bloodline. And who came out to make the save but Brock Lesnar? Ah, uh, you never know, mate. It, it, I mean, Paul Heyman, 
Story, let's, let's say story-wise. Paul Heyman is on Paul Heyman's side. It, they could go either way with it. They're obviously teasing it. The problem, again, we come back to another WWE issue is, does anyone care? They've got to be careful because does anyone care? Obviously, this is coming to a head for day one, but it actually does add a little bit of interest to day one. As I say, if you heard the Rock and Roll Wrestling show on Fenland Youth Radio, I actually gave the WWE a little bit of credit for putting a decent card together for the new year. They've got to be careful they don't lose my interest or other people's interest with crowds and what have you going down. So, the Heyman story does add a little bit of intrigue, but I would say he's going to still be attached to the bloodline because I don't expect there to be a title change there come January the 1st. Okay, so David, my booking logic here is going to go this way. I feel like Brock's going to lose the match at day one, and yep. he's going to enter number one in the Royal Rumble, and he's going to wipe the Royal Rumble out, and we'll have this match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, that makes a lot of sense, so it probably won't happen. No, they probably won't do it now. No, no, no. You're talking far too much sense, Burke. Go and have a chat with yourself. Go and have a cold shower. Come back and talk rubbish instead. <laughs> okay, six and final stunning question are we heading towards a elite versus a quote unquote undisputed air feud in AEW because if you watched Rampage last night poor body fish took the pin and secondly what is this gift that Adam Cole's going to have for the Young Bucks? I don't, I don't know, nor care. But if we got an Undisputed Era Elite feud, oh, there'd be a few computers explode in ecstasy. I know that much. I think it's logical they're looking that way, they're teasing that way. And to be fair with AEW's teases, you normally eventually, you normally eventually get there. I mean, they t- took them a while with Hangman Page through, through, uh, you know, through, for, for different reasons, some of which were, was AW's fault, some wasn't, but oh, oh mate, I mean it is one of those just take my money, just take my money they've obviously got to wait till Kenny's back so you're going to presume that you've got say you've got three members of the Undisputed Era, because obviously Roddy Roddy's contract uh, status is not known so at the moment you could do Kyle Bobby, you could do Red Dragon and Adam Cole against the Bucks and Kenny you don't even have to call it Elite versus Era, because you've got Red Dragon and Adam Cole, baby. And then you got the books and Kenny Omega. I mean, I'd pay to see that. And I know you would. Right in a freaking minute, baby. Yeah, exactly. You know, however, whatever they do, they're on a winner. They're on a winner. Um, people are desperate to see that. And as I say, I don't know what Roddy's status is or Kenny's injury status is at the moment. Those are two things that ask for a bit of a four-on-four or three-on-three. But who would the fourth member of the Elite be? Say Kenny's back and we got all the era in. Who would the fourth member of the Elite be? Surely you wouldn't put Cutler in it or, you know, who would the fourth member be? They'd have to find one. Okay. Maybe they could work another short-term deal out. You get the Good Brothers back and you can have one of them to be the fourth in this super elite kind of thing. But I feel yeah. like it's going to be... Or have the good brothers, have the good brothers in the books. True. But I feel like it's going to be three on three. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be the Bucks and Omega uh-huh. versus Adam, Kyle, and Bobby. Yeah, because you got that natural tag team dy- dynamic. People, people will pop for Red Dragon in AEW, without a doubt. Red Dragon were one of the best tag teams um of, of recent Ring of Honor in New Japan times, without easily without a doubt. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap up the 76 questions, and we're going to talk about what drove David crazy besides me this week in his... It's time for Dud's Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? So, David, what's your dud? i tell you what I'm really pissed, pissed at. 
about is the the raw belt scenario because as i said earlier and it was just like and that wasn't so much made me angry it made me like i'm not angry sean i'm disappointed type thing um was you mentioned it earlier the raw the raw title thing they're doing their best to kill it as i say i praise the wwe this week for you know the 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 card and what have you even changing from a singles match to a four-way and you've already listed the list of demeanors this week um that that were just so poor i mean really really poor on raw and also what i suppose as well, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here. As well. what also ticked me off a little bit was the scenario. And I know you put you put something up on our social media with a just giving page, quite rightly so as well, young man. Um, the Hannibal scenario in that indie. Um, it turns out that I, I didn't know that much about him. I obviously knew of him. Um, that that his actions weren't exactly a shot. Um, and that picture of the referee, that pro wrestling can do without that it's just chicanery he was high drunk what have you and he nearly seriously hurt someone we don't need that in pro wrestling it doesn't do the reputation any favors whatsoever exactly david and i'm gonna link the gofundme for the referee in the show notes of this podcast if you want to go and donate some money to the referee because he is going to have some serious medical bills (laughs) And, and if we can help him out as much as we can we're going to try to help him out just a little bit even even a book you know i mean it wasn't his fault he's a complete victim here from some drugged up muscled up idiot who by all accounts since this story has come out there's been a lot of stories come out about this this gentleman not being the most shall we put it politely and say not being the most honorable Isaac, i would say that and also being extremely unfreaking professional yeah there's no easy segue here let's go over to the top five moments of the week it's RFPW's top five moments of the week. I mean, Grand, literally, we could probably pick five moments from the, the Brian Danielson, Heyman, Adam Page match, but I went a different direction, so David, you go first. Well, I haven't actually got five, but I'll give you my highlights of the week because. Obviously, Danielson um, Hangman was top of the tree. Without a doubt, absolutely fantastic match. I say I've watched it three times fully, and it got better, to be fair. The first watch was probably the least enjoyable for me, so go, go watch it. I'm going to NXT UK a couple of times. I am really, really, really loving the development of Kenny Williams, and I think it's now time he was moved up. He's put some muscle on, he's put some weight on. He was absolutely fantastic in this short period of time this week. And also the NXT UK main event. I think I messaged you about this when I watched it. Absolutely fantastic. Nathan, somebody, I've seen him before. What was his surname, Sean? Enlighten me. Okay, so you're talking about Nathan Fraser versus A-Kid. That was an excellent match. And I do agree with you that Kenny should be moved up to the NXT UK championship realm. And he would make a credible challenger for Dragunov. I think he should just go up to the, UK, the States. He's way, way better than half, half of those kin things that we have to suffer on a Tuesday night. He's got, he's put a little bit of body mass on. He, he's now ripped. He's more ripped than he ever was when he was, um, you know, when he was the bollocks in ICW. Um, really, really impressed. His promo skills are have improved no end. Um, and he's, the match... The, the way he dictated the match and led the match on uh, Thursday or Thursday night, depending on when you watched it, was excellent. And finally, 
as I say, that A-Kid, uh, Nathan Fraser match was superb. Really, really good. A-Kid just looked, wow. I, I mean, it's not often I say this. Obviously, you, you sort of guess the outcome with, you know, they're setting up um, A-Kid, Noam Dar, genuine heel-face dynamic for the Heritage Cup. Really, really great British wrestling-style match. But it was fast-paced. It had holds. They very rarely left the ring, and they didn't need to. And it's the way it should be done. Impressive. But also, I enjoyed um, the main event on Dynamite this week. And obviously, it furthered the CM Punk MJF dynamic. Um, So, yeah, they were my highlights of the week. I don't think there's five there. But to be fair, there wasn't enough good on the telly this week. Or enough on the telly to give me five items. So, for me, number five would be tag team match from SmackDown where you had Storm teaming up with Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair and Shotzi. I feel like they should flip. Sasha is better as a heel. Blackheart is better as a face. But Tony Storm gets the pin on Charlotte Flair. I should get to see it on TV, David. I wasn't dreaming. What do you want me to say, Sean? Nothing. I want you to let me enjoy my moment. Okay, enjoy your one. My number four moment was the actual Paul Heyman getting fired by the bloodline. I thought that was nicely done. And it's just adding an extra C to this match. You don't know where Paul's going to be. But like you said, he's going to be a Paul's side. Yeah. My number three moment of the week is that A-Kid Nathan Fraser match. Because it's so good. And I can see A-Kid be yet another challenger for Dragunov for his NXT UK title. I think that would be a match I would want to see. And my number two moment of the week is Cheetah versus Serena Deeb. Because those two cannot have a bad match. They can literally wake up in the morning and have a match. It would not be bad. And of course, like everybody else, number one. Heyman Adam Page versus Brian Dallison. I was disappointed by the Serena Deep um Sheeda match. I think you may have nailed it earlier on in that you they let they didn't give them long enough. Um which which didn't help. I don't quite know what to say with that. I think it was I think there's been better between them, let's put it like that. It's my take on it. Now I agree with you, David. It's probably the weakest of the three matches they had. Yeah. But I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I feel like that whole second hour of AEW Dime Night was being rushed. It's like we got to get all this rest of the stuff in here. And they're just trying to sandwich all what they had left from that hour match. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, I mean, I think it worked out. The, the, the Danielson Hangman match genuinely did go an hour, which is all the more credit to them for the fact that the way they timed the ending. So you stick entrances on and then ending. That's nearly an hour 10, nearly an hour 10, 15 of the show. Nearly, you know, give or take. You know, so it doesn't leave a lot for their, their promos, the segments, and two singles matches and another another main event type match, which if you also noticed, didn't get a lot of time. Okay, so if they were going to plan this to be an hour match from the start, I really feel like they should have only done three matches. You know what? I would have held off the Serena Deep and um, Sheeta match. I would have done the Warworld match because you need a match to cool off the crowd before you get yeah. to that MJF main event. So I would have done those three matches and I would have done a lot of promo work for your specials coming up next week where you're going to have CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen versus FTR and MJF. Yeah, I, yeah, that's actually quite a good one, actually. I'm quite looking forward to that because obviously Sting can control how much he um, he's in and out, which is, you know, obviously sensible with a, a gentleman who's now 183 years old. Um, I'm looking forward to that, to be fair, and it's going to be nice to have something to talk about because this is normal. Normally now, until new, until day one, it's normally going to be a quiet 
time for wrestling, and we might actually get a debut on this coming Wednesday. Exactly, David. So why don't we hit the control center and see what news we have to leave you with this week. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Let's lead off with the one story that everybody's been talking about outside of the AEW World Title match. It's the fact that Kevin Steen is saying Kevin Owens in WWE as he locks down a contract with them. Reportedly between 2 and $3 million for the next three years. No brainer, isn't it? No, I mean, like, you look at Kevin Steen, how long he's been wrestling. The fact that he has a family, he's in the biggest promotion in professional wrestling. And like he said on the podcast, he made the announcement, he's taking care of his family. You can't blame him one bit. If you get somebody offering you 2 to $3 million a year to do 200 dates, probably maybe 250 dates, yeah, you would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's the original, it's the, it's the, old, it's the old adage, Mrs. Steen, what attracted you to the millionaire Kevin Owens? You know, I, I don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. I, as much is, you know, it wouldn't be my personal choice. I'd have loved to have seen the man in uh, AEW, but no, I totally understand. And David, we noticed that WWE contracts are not as solid as we think they are. So he can be <laughs> like, hey, I can take yeah. the money now. Eventually, I'm going to get released. I'll get paid for 90 days, and I'm right in AEW getting more money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now it's a sensible choice. Can't blame him. Okay, we already talked about this, but from Cultaholic, they are reporting that the Bristles are most likely heading to AEW, and we've seen it from Final Battle. They had that tease of the feud between FTR and the Bristles, so you know they're going to at least go there for one feud. Yeah, I mean, been a bit, big, big fan of the Briscoe since day one. They pulled off some of the best matches in Ring of Honor history. What more can you say? Absolutely fantastic. Good luck to them. I hope you know. I hope they carry on and uh, ca- you know get 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 that big payday that their career deserves. David, I can't wait for this match to happen. Like when I saw it before my eyes, I tweeted out, "2022 has already got interesting." Just for this yeah. view coming down the road. Now, also from Cutler Hall, they had a update on Darius Martin, the brother of Dante Martin, and he is close to coming back to AEW. And we'll hopefully get Top Flight back together because they've been going on and off with this Dante Martin push. And he's a good wrestler, but they're better as a tag team. For me, jury's out on that one. I don't mind Dante Martin at the moment, so jury's out on that one. We'll wait and see. I just didn't like the fact they teased him joining Team Taz. Yeah, for was, all of was, two weeks, and oh hey, he's back to being a face. With like Leo Rush, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That was poor booking. I do agree with that. Final news story of the week: Night three of Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> yeah. is New Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling versus Noah. The two biggest companies in Japanese professional wrestling are joining forces for this mega card. Now, I've seen some fan backlash on this because there's not enough single matches, but don't you want to put everybody you possibly can for the two promotions on this card? Because you know backstage, everybody's trying to get on night three at Wrestle Kingdom for this show. Yeah, again, you've answered your own question, really, mate. Um, yeah, I can understand why they've done it. I can understand. I just, I mean, literally, it's within a couple of, less than a couple of hours, you sent me that news. I didn't see that coming. But then at the end of the article that you sent me, there was the card, and it was like, oh, my word. And as long as that Sabre Jr. wins and keeps his belt, 
I'm not bothered. I am bothered because it'll be a great card. Um, Wrestle Kingdom this year could steal it all. Really, really could. It's shaping up to be a great three nights wrestling now. You know, I was warning why they were going to do three nights of wrestling cam, and I was thinking like, <laughs> this might be even too much for New Japan for wrestling to pull off. Now, since they're joining forces with basically what would be the rival promotion, I'm going Hello. like, I'm hoping this is going to be a yearly thing now where the night three of Wrestle Kingdom is this New Japan Noah kind of crossover thing, because I feel like that would make one heck of a annual event. Yeah, I mean, they could also do some, you know, in the lead up to Kingdom, they could do some, um, a little bit of invasion, almost, almost invasion style, you know, but, but Akada and Tanahashi together as a, as a tag team, I'll just take my money, just take my money, I don't care if it's against me and you, because obviously we'd kill them anyway, but just to see them, oh, don't, uh, yeah, yeah, great call, and I think all I sent you back, Having read it was like, wow, because it, it looks fantastic. Certainly something to look forward to in January. Well, David, before we go, let's do this. Yes, I will be back on Finland Youth Radio, the Rock and Russia yeah. show, this coming Tuesday, 5 p.m. GMT, 12 noon Eastern, as David does his best and worst of the year. And I give you my six hopes for the coming 2022 year in oh, professional excellent. wrestling. Excellent. I like that. I like the sound of that. Now, however, that said, you promised me last week that you'd be there. Then you let me down like a damp sock. So, uh, are you promising you're going to be here this week? Yes. I had to go up north, talk to the Jolly Elf. I had to take care of some business, and I will be here, and I have a present for everybody in Willisley. <laughs> Is it alcohol? That would cheer my town up a lot. <laughs> well, you're going to have to tune in to Finland Youth Radio, the Rock and Russia show, to find out what I have given the people of Willisley. Mate, that's brilliant. I'm glad, genuinely, I am glad you're back. I really, really am. As much as we, um, shall we say, poke at each other through the, that medium of, of, of the show, I, I really, really am glad to hear that you're back on Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really, really glad that he's back at 5 o'clock clock on Tuesday, Fenland News Radio, the Rock and Roll Wrestling Show. I'm going to do do a little bit of news. We'll see whatever's cropped up in between. Next week on Radio okay. Free Professor Wrestling, we are doing a Christmas special. We are giving you the Winston Awards, the 2022 version of the Winston's as we look back on the 2021 year in Professor Wrestling. The good, the bad, the ugly. So join us as we give you your Christmas present. And the following week is going to be a special Hall of Fame edition of Radio Free Professor Wrestling for me and David and Doug the class of 2022 into our Hall of Fame. So, David, we got a lot in store, a lot of recording to do in the next week and a half. Yeah, but I love you, and, you know, it'll be lovely. You say you do. But, ladies and gentlemen, until we <laughs> see you on our specials, Allow me, this is Cynthia Sean saying, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a very stunning 2022. David, tell the lovely people, have a Merry Christmas. Guys, have a great festive period, and we'll see you in the new year. May your God go with you, and Sean, leave those red baubles alone. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice. I know Santa's watching me. So all I want to do is, everybody, stay sunny until we see you once again. Bye. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.